fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, darn right it is. Welcome into the program. What's up? It is a pre-Friday celebration. Greatest day of the entire week, man. We are ready to rock and roll for another one. Welcome into it. We got so much to get to. I don't even know how to handle myself. Welcome in. Let's strap in, buckle up. Let's have some fun today. Broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country, multiple radio stations and TV and live streaming and podcasting, however you watch or listen. It is so wonderful to have you with us here each and every day. Your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. You can find me on the social media at Who's Your Reason. That's H-O-O-S-E-R Reason. And the website at HoosierReason.com. All right, coming up, bottom of this hour, super happy to have on our guest today. He is the big guy. Not like the big guy that gets paid under the table, but like the big guy with Americans for Prosperity, Akash Shiguli. He's the vice president of AFP. Excited to have him on. We'll talk about Bidenomics, trying to get people back on track financially and going into election season next year. Should be a lot of fun. Looking forward to chatting with him in just a little bit. Before we do that, though, man, I... (laughs) I have to say, there's a lot of heat that goes on about Elon Musk. There's a lot of attacks from both sides of the aisle. People don't think he's conservative enough, although, you know, he did kind of create the free speech that we have the best that we can on social media, like the Tweety, or now what is called X. He is creating the uh, electric vehicle, which most conservatives are like, yeah, I really don't want to do an electric vehicle. But yet at the same time, I kind of want to support Elon Musk, and I have a difficult time between those two. And I don't know that I could ever afford a a Tesla, at least not anytime soon. But if I did, I would consider it. In fact, I would probably get that new truck that's bulletproof because why the heck not, man? (laughs) Wouldn't you want to do something like that? If you haven't seen the video, it's kind of fun. Elon Musk actually released a video about the production of his new uh, Tesla truck, whatever he's calling it. And they unleash like an entire Tommy gun, an entire magazine on this truck. And it just leaves a couple of dents, does absolutely nothing. And during an interview with Joe Rogan, he asked him, he's like, why'd you make it bulletproof? He's like, because I can, because I want to. Why the heck not? Not a whole lot gets to that guy, and it's kind of fun to watch. And what that's what makes the media lose their mind. He's kind of like Donald Trump 2.0, where he's off the grid. We don't know exactly where he stands on a lot of issues. We don't. He, he doesn't align with like a pure political ideology one way or the other. And yet he just speaks his mind and doesn't take any crap from the elites, from the establishment, from the media, from anybody. They just don't care. Donald Trump's the same way. And for Republicans, that's why many Republicans like him. Donald Trump is not a pure conservative. He doesn't fall in line with the constitutional conservative values or principles. What he does do is he's a populist that just wants to rattle the boat, shake the cage a little bit, and just uh, do what he believes is best. He's a populist. And Elon Musk kind of falls in line with that same mentality as being a populist and he just what's on his mind he does what he thinks is right and that's it he was doing an interview with the new york times just about a day or so ago and it was a public event there were a few i guess like a panel a few different guests and a few different speakers and he had done this interview in front of a crowd and they were asking him about his thoughts on the advertisers, specifically like uh, Disney, who had left advertising from Twitter because of the quote-unquote anti-Semitic remarks that were being made on the Twitter. Now, uh, I want to preface this by reminding you, this is from the same group 
that has yet to call out is uh, radical Islamic terrorism from what's going on with Hamas and has a lot of their supporters that are influencing Joe Biden to keep Hamas in power because that's apparently an attack on the Muslim community. They refuse to acknowledge any type of anti-Semitic hate crimes that are going on across the nation. That's that side of the aisle, but they're all about Elon Musk not censoring speech on the Tweety or on X because of quote-unquote anti-Semitic remarks that are being made. So supposedly some advertisers had left Twitter, and he was asked about that in front of a group of individuals during this panel discussion and from the moderator from the New York Times. And now I blanked this out because there is some naughty language in this one, but I did blank it out so you're just fine, but this is what he had to say. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger today. I hope they stop. You hope? Uh, Don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. What do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. <laughs> In front but of the, what? 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 Go f- yourself. <laughs> is that clear? Uh, I hope it is. Hey, Bob. If you're in the audience. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on a second. That reference to Bob at the end, by the way, is the head of Disney, who uh, was the one that made the public statement saying they were going to pull their advertising from Twitter because of all the hate remarks and all the anti-Semitic remarks on there. Now, (laughs) I got to play it one more time because I I love this clip. This makes me love Elon Musk even more. While I don't always appreciate everything that he does because I don't support necessarily electric vehicles. I don't care for the whole Neuralink thing that he's doing, trying to put brain, you know chips in your brain. I understand why he's trying to do it for humanity, but he's very oblivious to the political side and the elite side that's going to try and take control of this thing. But this is a guy who is the wealthiest man on the face of the earth, and they're trying to blackmail him, like he said, by pulling their funding from Twitter and their advertising. And there are very few people that can stand up to Disney And say what he just said to Disney and other major corporations in this country for pulling their money. Because most media outlets would be like, no, we're so sorry. It's like a pharmaceutical industry dominating a TV market. No, I'm sorry. Totally come back. We'll totally get rid of, you know, someone like Tucker Carlson because he went, quote unquote, anti-vax during the COVID pandemic and promoted not what the big pharmacy industry was trying to advertise on your TV network. We'll totally, like, get rid of our hosts. Elon Musk doesn't care. Go do whatever you need to do, but I don't need your money. You're not going to blackmail me because you're not going to tell me what or what not is hate speech. While he is in the position to do that, it is encouraging because it's going to lead to other people saying the same thing. Other people finally standing up to these bullies that are the progressives that can do whatever they want to and then blame some free speech platform because they have anti-Semitic remarks. Again, he doesn't want their money, and the moderator had no clue what to say. He was dumbfounded. This is, again, of course, the New York Times. So they're left-wing already, and he was dumbfounded on why you wouldn't cower and cave to advertisers when they pull their money and not fund your project. There was advertisers leaving. We talked to Bob Iger I hope today. they stop. You hope? Uh, don't advertise. You don't want them to advertise? No. <laughs> what do you mean? If somebody's going to try to blackmail me with advertising, blackmail me with money, go f*** yourself. <laughs> but... But but what? Go but. yourself. Is that clear? I hope it is. Hey, Bob, if you're in the audience. I love that call out at the very end. He is such the nerd that doesn't give a rip about anybody. He is the wealthiest man on the face of the earth, even above the corporation of Disney. He doesn't care 
what anyone thinks, and he's going to continue to defend that. That's exactly what we need. The MMA uh, UFC with Dana White, the president of the UFC, had said a similar remark as well, saying that he had had a, uh, advertiser, a major advertiser of the UFC call him up and say that he needed to take down a tweet a while ago of him and Donald Trump. And he essentially said the same thing. If that's what you're going to do, then you can ki- kill your advertising. I don't care. We have something called freedom of speech. I can vote for who you want, to, uh, who I want to. You can vote for who you want to. And that's it. That's the beauty of this nation. And if you don't like a post that I make on my personal Twitter with someone that I appreciate and that I look up to, then you can cancel your advertising too. The conservatives fight. This gives me hope. While that's entertaining, that's funny to listen to Elon Musk, this gives me hope from uh, from Twitter to the UFC to all these other great organizations that are finally like, we don't care what you say or do. We're going to live our lives and we're going to do our thing and you can do your thing and everything will live happy hunky-dory. It's fantastic. I love it. So kudos. Pat yourself on the back. My, uh, What's trending today? My kudo points for Elon Musk just went up a little bit. All right. We got a lot to talk about today. Uh, I am excited tonight. Are you going to watch it? I am concerned. I am, well, I'm not concerned. I'm intrigued by what's going to happen tonight if you plan on watching it. There is a debate tonight, but it is not a presidential debate. I guess it could be for the future, I guess. But it is a debate on Fox News on the Sean Hannity program between Gavin Newsom and Ron DeSantis. And I, I said this early on, I am concerned about what this could turn into because I don't know what we're getting out of it. I really don't. I don't know what Ron DeSantis is getting out of it other than uh, he's looking towards a 2028 presidential run. He's falling in the polls right now. Maybe this will help him get a little bit of a bump, although I don't really know if that's going to help. It's going to do nothing to get him to catch up to Donald Trump. Let's just be honest there. Whether you like Ron DeSantis or not, I don't mind him either. He's fine. He's he's great. But that's not. this is not going to get him to catch up to Donald Trump in the polls. I don't know what the end game is to agree to a debate like this in a realm of Sean Hannity moderating something like this, which you know will be obviously a little bit more conservative, so it'll be enjoyable for us to watch and go after Gavin Newsom a little bit. But what does Ron DeSantis actually have to bring to the table and to get out of a debate like this against Gavin Newsom? I mean, like I said, other than looking towards a political future of a political career in 2028 to run for president again, I don't know what else he could get out of this. We had these debates before. And they were on like CNN, so no one really paid attention to them because no one even knew that they were happening. I didn't even know that they were happening. I would have loved to sit and watch them. But if you remember, there were two debates that actually happened on CNN between what I thought should have been the presidential debate of 2016, which was Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders. And they did two of them. One of them was on health care. One of them was on economics. Because Bernie Sanders took the very socialist position to defend. Ted Cruz obviously took the constitutional capitalist free market position to defend on both health care and on economics. And they were great debates, and we played them a lot over the last couple of years on some of those highlights that happened in the debate. But at the end of the day, no one remembers it. No one remembered those debates on CNN between those two individuals. And those were probably some of the more substantial debates that we have gotten because it wasn't for political points, political scores to win in the polls, to win an election. They were literally there to try and discuss substance, ideas, and policy. And that's what we have to do. And that's kind of cool. This one, uh, we're going into an election season where Ron DeSantis is falling and wavering in the polls, trying to find his comeback. And Gavin Newsom is trying to prove himself in the Democrat ranks to be the presidential nominee in 2024, because obviously we know that Joe Biden ain't going to cut it. 
He's not going to get it there. And Ron DeSantis just a couple days ago made a comment about this during one of his rally stops and said that, uh, you know, I don't know what he's getting out of it, but he's looking forward to apparently debating Gavin Newsom. He caters to a very far left slice of the electorate. I think that that'll be on display when we have the debate. But I've been warning Republican voters, you know, it may not be Biden in 2024. Uh, this guy is running a shadow campaign. He denies it, but even people in his own party are saying it. You have Harris, you have a lot of these other people who could end up uh, running in 2024 if Biden's not able to do it. I think there's a lot of people in the Democratic Party who do not want Biden to run. Ultimately, it's going to be his decision, but I think there's a lot of pressure there for him for him to take a step back. I think this is his point to prove. I think that Gavin Newsom has a lot more to gain from this debate than Ron DeSantis. And that's why I'm concerned about it. Not necessarily concerned, but I'm intrigued on why this is even happening in the first place. Yeah, it's going to be entertaining. Yeah, we could get a few little zingers back and forth like that. But what does that actually gain anybody other than Gavin Newsom wanting to prove himself and Ron DeSantis trying to prove himself to get back up? Gavin Newsom could look at being the nominee in 2024. He sees a prime opportunity after standing up and really uh, walking over to a degree Sean Hannity in a one-on-one conversation just a, just a few months ago. I mean, let's be honest, Sean Hannity did okay, but Gavin Newsom came out swinging and he made a lot of false claims, which means he really walked all over him because Sean Hannity didn't know how to respond to some of that stuff. He has an opportunity to try to, quote-unquote, embarrass the Republican Party, the leader of, quote-unquote, some of the media pundits like Sean Hannity, and go after a presidential candidate to show that he could top them in a general election. He could try and rally some of these Democrats that he's got what it takes on a national stage. Ron DeSantis doesn't have as much to gain. He does have a lot to lose, though. Why are we doing this? I don't quite understand the reason for this debate. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. A race against the clock in Washington. We've been here before. Congress will pass another bloated omnibus bill full of careless spending and special interest giveaways. This is unacceptable. It's time to stop crisis-to-crisis governing that always puts our country in lose-lose situations. Congress can fix this by ending the cycle of wasteful spending bills that hurt our economy. It's time to ensure that hardworking Americans have a responsible government working for them. Pass the Prevent Government Shutdowns Act before it's too late. Looking for more reason? Well, now you can get even more content from The Voice of Reason through our Patreon site. It's your exclusive membership for being the ultimate Hoosier-holic. On our Patreon, you'll get additional interviews and content that we don't get to air on the radio, behind-the-scenes action from the Hoosier Media Network, plus one-on-one video streams where you can catch up with me, guests of the show, and other great Voice of Reason supporters. Plus, you can also support the show by checking out our gear and swag. Find the link on our website at HoosierReason.com. Again, that's HoosierReason.com. Become the ultimate Hoosier-holic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com. 
Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You want some more reasons throughout the day? Well, now it's easier than ever to find. Here's what you do. Check out the website at HoosierReason.com. There you can find past shows, links to all of our social media, special features, our monthly blogs, and a heck of a lot more. Plus, make sure to check in frequently as we're constantly working to add more goodies that you'll really enjoy. Also, you can always subscribe and follow our social media sites for bonus content, articles that we use on the show, or maybe some additional rants. Yeah, it's all that and so much more. Check it all out at HoosierReason.com. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. By the way, did you hear somebody might be leaving office before the end of the year? Say what? Who's going to be leaving office? Oh, yeah. Kevin McCarthy might be out, according to Axios.com. Multiple different GOP lawmakers have said that the former House Speaker Kevin McCarthy plans to step down from his House seat before the end of the year. He says he wants to get the heck out of Dodge, my friend, or get the heck out of Washington, D.C., and wants to leave. Another one bites the dust. Another rhino walking away. He's been embarrassed at the federal level after being kicked out of the speakership and doesn't want to show his face there any longer. We have our proper voice of reason salute to him, I guess, as he's on his way out the door. If he does leave by the end of 2023, and Kevin McCarthy. We'll have more information on that as that comes along here. So the debate tonight, are you planning on watching it between the red state and the blue state? Between the conservative and the progressive? Between the East Coast and the West Coast? Between Ron DeSantis and Gavin Newsom? Will it change the minds and hearts of individuals and viewers of Fox News Radio and the the Fox News Network and the Sean Hannity TV program? Uh, According to the network, they say, uh, this is funny, the Yahoo News, of course, they have to put the right-leading cable network. Uh, Fox News says the debate will focus on, quote, vastly different approaches of the governors to issue from the economy to immigration to crime, though both Newsom and DeSantis have uh, broader goals. The Florida governor sees the most viable alternative to the scandal plague Donald Trump for Republican presidential nominations is so desperate to revive a flagging White House bid going into the election of 2024. I got to be honest. I mean, I'm intrigued. I'm going to be intrigued to watch it. It will be interesting to see the election or to, to see the debate tonight. It will be fun to watch. I just don't know what we're going to gain from it. And I got to be honest, Ron DeSantis, while I like Ron DeSantis, he hasn't been the most energetic type of guy on the debate stage during the presidential primary debates from the Republican side. He's been there. He tries to show his force, but uh, some of the other ones definitely outshine him. We got to remember Gavin Newsom is a Hollywood suave, progressive type of individual that has no problem saying anything that's on his mind, even if it's not true and just a complete lie, to try and show him up. That's what he did the first time he did that one-on-one sit-down with Sean Hannity on the rate, on the TV program, and I'm afraid he's going to try and do that again tonight. And I don't know his energy level. I haven't really seen him debate before, but I am curious to see what he's going to do on the or at least in the debate tonight against Ron DeSantis. But again, when he has an opportunity to try and degrade Republicans, he's going to do it. And he does it in a very suave type of way where it's just kind of a nonchalant, yeah, whatever. He has an opportunity to try and rally his Democrats to prove that he can stand the national stage, that California is not the blankety-blank place that so many try to call it right now, where you have to doubt, oh, I'm sorry, he did clean up San Francisco for a weekend because the uh, Chinese Communist president came in. So I guess there's that. He has the ability to do things. He just chooses not to do them or uses taxpayer money to do it in a very inefficient, in uncost-effective way. But he has the ability to do it, I guess. 
when communists come in and he's trying to show them up just a little bit. Uh, he's right now looking at an opportunity to shine on a national stage to prove that he can be the candidate while Operation Joe Biden trips down the stairs while trying to tie his shoe goes underway and he's going to step away from being the nominee in 2024 because they recognize Joe Biden can't handle the heat any longer. The question is, well, the Democrat ranks, the rank and file, the elites, the deep state, the deeper, the, the higher ups in the DNC that want the Biden regime to continue because, well, whether you think that it's the ploy from the Obamas behind the scenes, whether he's just the puppet that they like to use, they're not going to have that with Gavin Newsom because while he's cool and he's retro and he's hip and he's suave and he's good looking and he's the cool new sexy dude on the stage, he's not one that they can control. So they don't want him. So right now, he sees the opportunity to fight both the Republicans, which he thinks is an easy thing to do, just degrade them a little bit, while proving to the DNC that he's got the opportunity to do that. And we'll see what happens. I'm curious to see what this debate's going to look like tonight. All right, got to take a break. When we come back, right around the corner, excited to have on the program, Vice President for Americans for Prosperity, Akash Shiguli. He'll be on the program. We'll talk about Bidenomics. As the Biden and the Democrat Party really as a whole goes into election season, their platform is getting debunked day in and day out. They don't know what to do. And how do we continue to drive that in and drive that home going into election season? Lots more coming up. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates from holistic and alternative medicine discussions on religion and spirituality, hear entertainment shows, and of course yours truly with the voice of reason. Plus, we offer numerous media services, including helping you set up your own podcast, become your own voice of reason, and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic. For information on all of our shows, links to podcasts, each show website or social media link, or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment, visit our website at HoosierMedia.com. Again, that's HoosierMedia.com, the future of media. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Reason, common sense, rationale. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation. One radio listener at a time. Always wonderful to have you along with us here for the ride on your pre-Friday celebration. I'm surprised, honestly, that Kevin McCarthy said he wants to be out by. If this is true, according to the insiders of the GOP, if this is true... And he wants to be out of his seat by the end of the year. Man, he must have been really humiliated after the removal from the speakership. And what he's going to do after, I don't know. What's going to do to replace it? I mean, we're going into election year in 2024. Ride it out one more year, dude. But I guess not. So we'll give him our proper farewell here on the show. Bye, bye, bye. bye, 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 bye. <laughs> That's what you want to do. Whatever. All right, let's shift gears here really quick. I am... Super excited. What's trending today? I am super excited to have our next guest on the program. As you know, great partners with us here on the radio program for our weekday and our weekend syndicated show all over the place, all over the country as it's growing like a weed. We love you and thank you so much for that. Uh, Americans Prosperity. 
americansforprosperity.org is the website. We can always go check them out with all their great campaigns. And they were heavily involved in elections all over for the quote-unquote off-season elections this year and gearing up for the next election in 2024 as well. All over the country as the nation's largest grassroots organization. Really happy to have on the program the big guy. Not like the, the big guy in D.C. that like gets the underground checks. But the real big guy. Excited to have him on. He's the vice president for AFP. It's Akash Shogali. Akash, how are you, my friend? I am good. How are you, Seth? I am living the dream. So appreciate you coming on the show and appreciate everything you guys do. You guys have been working hard all over the nation, and I love to watch it because you guys have been doing a massive campaign all summer for Bidenomics. Bidenomics is broken, letting people know about the economy and how bad things are. And it's working when you see Democrats start to actually walk away from a major economic platform just a year out before a major presidential election. So congratulations to you guys on that one. I mean, we appreciate the congratulations, but it's disappointing news to the American people. Um, Really, our campaign isn't about telling them the economy is broken. They don't need us to tell them that or anybody on the radio to tell them that. What we're doing is connecting them to why that is the case, right? It's the reckless spending of this administration. It's the regulations after regulations this administration is promulgating on energy and labor and every other piece of our economy and what solutions look like, right? How do we fix our federal budget, put power in the hands of workers instead of unions, create energy abundance? That's what we've been barnstorming the country doing. It's not only do they know that Bidenomics is unpopular, but we're connecting them with solutions, which is vital as we head into next year. Yeah. Well, and it's very evident, like you said, I mean, when we see that inflation's up near 30 percent, 20 percent over the past three years, food itself almost up 30 percent, which I got to I got to laugh, Akash, when we heard that apparently Thanksgiving dinner was the lowest ever on record, according to the Biden administration, lowest ever price for you to be able to get your Thanksgiving dinner and your turkey bird uh, for Thanksgiving dinner. That's laughable. The lies that they've created, the 13 million jobs that the Biden administration's created, how great the economy is. People see through this stuff when you have to go out there and see that the price of meat's three times what it was just a few years ago. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. We corrected them on social media. Uncooked poultry, which is, is turkey, obviously, going into Thanksgiving was up 32 percent from 2021. Desserts were up 32 percent from 2021. Uh, bread was up, I think, 27% from 2021. So they are cherry-picking statistics. Um, we're correcting the record of facts and data. But again, they can do whatever they want, whatever line graphs and this kind of thing they want. The American people know that prices are way, way, way up since President Biden took office. And for all his talk about building out the middle class, he has absolutely decimated the middle class with his policies. Uh, and they're looking for another direction now. I think the challenge is there for conservatives, for Republicans, to show the American people what that is. They are polling much higher on, on trust on the economy and a number of other key issues. I think that's largely just a result of a very understandable distrust in Biden and the Democrats, not necessarily a clarity in what Republicans are for. And so we're trying to make clear that there is a conservative agenda to reign in government, reign in cost, and make the American family better off than they are today. Yeah, amen. That uh, Now, the big question is, are we doing that? Are we going down that right road? We've done the continuing resolution extension into next year for our federal budget, which got a lot of pushback. I think that it was granted if and only if we actually get to a full-on appropriations bill process, which we haven't seen since prior to the Obama administration, uh, with the 12 appropriation bills being passed. And the ones that have passed have seen some substantial cuts. But we'll see if they can get through the Senate and the presidency. So are you optimistic that moving forward with the Republicans with some of their quote-unquote new energy that we have, 
that we can actually get our budget on track, actually cut some funding, cut some spending from the federal level, and actually show that conservatives stand for limited government and less spending. Yeah, I, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I think one of the wins that we had earlier this year, uh, and, and for all his faults and criticisms, that Kevin McCarthy successfully negotiated as Speaker was that debt limit deal. And so part of that is that, uh, you know, if they fail to pass all the appropriations bills, there are automatic cuts that will go into effect when we get into next year, if we end up in another kind of CR situation, this continuing resolution. That was part of the deal he negotiated with President Biden and, and Senator uh, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer are these automatic cuts. And so credit to Kevin McCarthy for creating kind of a rescue valve for, for conservatives with that effort. Now, I am cautiously optimistic for two reasons, and I credit the new speaker, Mike Johnson. This short-term CR frustrated a lot of people, but it did two things. One, it kicked the conversation into next year, right? So what yeah. we were able to do is avoid that Christmas time omnibus, right? Late December, Congress is exhausted. They want to go home, and what they end up doing is passing a trillion or $2 trillion, quote-unquote, omnibus bill that has literally everything jammed into it. Uh, you know, all kinds of goodies and giveaways and reckless spending pulled into it. Um, it's kind of an annual disaster that he avoided by splitting it up. So government funding is now at two different deadlines next year, one in January, one in February. It creates two different inflection points to negotiate changes and concessions, you know, policy changes on the border and things like that. One in January another in February. So there's not a risk of a total government shutdown over these negotiations. But again, I think the question remains to be seen. Can they get these appropriations bills over the line? Can they negotiate with the Senate? What does that look like? I think the very first thing that they have to do that they have not shown an ability to do, and it's it's quite frankly not the fault of Trevor McCarthy or Mike Johnson, that is to unify the Republican conference. We have a lot of people who call themselves conservatives uh, you know, in the House Freedom Caucus. And, and you know, while they're well-intentioned, they're actually standing in the way of unifying Republicans behind a shared goal of cutting spending. I think they need to get their own House in order, get some priorities and some legislation straight as a Republican conference in the House, and then move forward as United Front. I'm hoping they can do that here before we get into the holiday season. Mm. It sounds so good. I love it. You're absolutely right. I completely agree with you on all that. We need the Unified Republican Caucus on this agenda because it's going to be a battle to not only get them all passed through the House, but to get the Senate on board, which is Democrat-run, and to fight a potential veto from the Biden administration. So that's going to be priority number one. I know we've talked a lot about it on the program before as well, and that we've had U.S. Senator uh, James Lankford on the show from Oklahoma. But how important is it right now to not only worry about these issues, but focus on the Government pre, uh, government Shutdown Prevention Act that he's uh, proposed as well, so that way they can't use that against us like they always do to ramp through everything that they want? Yeah, I cannot underscore for your listeners how important this piece of legislation is. And I, you know, I, I implore them to make themselves familiar. It sounds very, very wonky and very kind of like Washington speak. Um, it, it's a pretty simple concept. It's, it's the Senator Lankford's bill, as you mentioned, from Oklahoma, the Preventing Government Shutdowns Act. The reason government shutdowns take place is that Congress has to annually fund the government. If they can't agree on how to do that, uh, then, of course, government shuts down because there isn't a new funding bill passed. One of the things some conservatives like to do is use the threat of a government shutdown as leverage to try to extract concessions, right? We saw this with the defund Obamacare movement, the effort with Trump's border wall. We just saw a recent effort this year to try to do that. I cannot be, I hope we cannot be any clearer with this. Those efforts never work for conservatives. The threat of a shutdown never works in conservatives' favor. We never win the policy outcomes we want. We never end up cutting spending. 
And what we end up with is an even worse spending bill than we had in place. So instead of a CR, they get an even worse bill because people will accept anything, right, just to avoid a government shutdown. <laughs> what this Langford bill would do is it would get rid of these automatic, or it would, it would create an automatic CR with cuts baked into it. And so there wouldn't be this shutdown or garbage kind of vote, right? You either accept a garbage government funding bill or the government shuts down. It would just keep the kind of the trains going on time. It would have cut baked into it over time. And so government is still being cut, but there's no threat of a government shutdown. We do not need the threat of a government shutdown to try to extract concessions. It never works. This Preventing Government Shutdowns Act keeps government open, cuts spending, and takes away as you mentioned, a point that Democrats are hammering Republicans over every time it comes up. Oh, they do. And Republicans cower. They put their tails between their legs. They're scared of their own shadow, and they they cower every time. And it's been doing it for years since Obama when they just said, well, yeah, Republicans won't work with us. They're not working with us, a.k.a. they're not just agreeing with everything that we want to do, so therefore we'll shut it down, and it's your fault. So when you don't get your Social Security check, you're going to die in the street. It's Republicans' fault. And that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. So... Uh, once we get that on board, uh, Akash, do you think that we can actually get a few more appropriations bills out? Right now, I think we're out of, what, 8 out of 12 at the federal level. Do you think that we can punch the last few out with this extension in a timely manner? I, I do. I'm, I, I'm cautiously optimistic that we can do that. Now, I don't know what that uh, entails as far as negotiating with the Senate. Um, but, again, I, I think it would be great if we can do that. But I think two things are, are even more important than that. One is clearing the deck for next year, right? This whole fiscal year was kind of a disaster with, um, you know, the speaker being booted out, new speaker coming in, the short-term CR. I think setting the table so that we can definitely do that next fiscal year, right, from the get-go, get the president's budget on time, get the House, you know, get the ball rolling on time. I think that's a bigger priority. And the second is whatever the CR looks like, avoid a, you know, a disaster like we've had in the last few years that, frankly, presidents from both parties and Congress of both parties uh, have been responsible for. Yeah. Amen to that. Akash, we got to take a hard break here. Can you stick over one more segment with us? Yep. Fantastic. Yep. I want to continue this when we come back. I want to shift it to the local levels and the statewide levels. We can only do so much at the federal side, but you guys are all over the country with Americans for Prosperity. What can we do to get active, to get engaged? and to get involved at the statewide level to work on state budgets to be less federally independent when it comes to our finances at a state level and get involved that way. We'll do some more when we come back. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Congress manages 12 different spending bills that make up to 27% of the federal budget. What about the rest of it? Family and small business budgets include all money in and out. It makes sense. How can Congress manage the budget if it's not all in one place? No wonder we face runaway spending, poor accountability, and rising debt. That's how we end up with 160 federal housing programs and 162 federal health care programs, many of which are never up for review. It's time Congress budgets more like a family or a small business, with everything in one place. Managing a real budget creates value for the people. It's what Congress is elected for. Here's what Congress needs. One comprehensive budget that includes it all. Better results, stronger oversight, and a more sustainable financial future for our country. To learn more, go to prosperityispossible.com. 
Andy Hoosier here, reminding you, not only can you listen to The Voice of Reason on your favorite radio station, but also check out the video of the program on TV and online. We're excited to be working with our partners over at OpsLens to bring The Voice of Reason live every day on their website at OpsLens.com, on the OpsLens app that you can download on any of your smartphones, or on any of the OpsLens social media. It's a great network that broadcasts multiple shows promoting truth, reason, and common sense, reaching thousands of viewers every day, all day long. Plus, while you're there, you can always watch some of the best highlights of the show during the weekends or read our latest opinion columns on topical issues of the day. Also, if you want to interact with me during the program, just leave a comment on their social media or the OpsLens app stream. You can always join the live chat rooms, or if it's easier, just email me at network at gmail.com. Again, that's network at gmail.com. This is your show, and we want to hear from you. Why? Because it's time for you to be your own voice of reason in your own community. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Your patriot on the prairie. That's what we do. Try to expand your knowledge or at least entertain you for a little bit. Who knows? Whatever you take away from it. Always great to have you along for the ride. Here on a pre-Friday celebration, we're hanging out with the man himself. Prosperityispossible.com. Go and check it out. Type in your email. Get some information. Be involved at your local chapter. The largest grassroots campaign, uh, grassroots organization in the entire nation. If you want things to change, I can see it firsthand. Based out of Wichita, Kansas, here with our flagship station, uh, our local organization of Americans for Prosperity, we're heavily involved in some of the races, including our mayor's race. And guess what? She, she dominated the race. Dom- she won like 60-40 in our local community, which was awesome, and it was largely because of this organization. You can do that, too. You can get the information. You can see how Bidenomics is broken, although we don't need to show you. You can see it for yourself. But what can we do to fix it? That's the next step. Go to prosperityispossible.com, prosperityispossible.com. We're hanging out right now with the vice president of Americans for Prosperity, Akash Shogali, right now. Akash, let's talk about the statewide levels right now because, yeah, the federal level, we can always talk about it and do so much. But I think we have more influence at the local, the city council, the county commission, and our state legislative levels right now, can't we? That's exactly right. And it's a shame that so many Americans have no idea how their local government works or who their local representatives are, right, at the city council level or their state representative, things like that, Um, because your ability to make a difference there is significantly higher. And that's why Americans for Prosperity invest so much of our time and resources. It's really what makes us unique is that, you know, I'm based here in the D.C. area, our headquarters office, but the vast, vast majority of our staff are out in the state, in places like where you live and in states all across the country. We have 38 state chapters now, field offices all over the country, and most of their engagement is on those local and state issues, right? Legislative fights, elections. That's what the door knocking, the phone calling is all about. It's a pretty unique model, and I think if people are, are really hungry to make an impact, Getting involved with AFP at the local level is their best way to do that, um, because otherwise you're going to sit in front of the TV watching Fox News, getting frustrated every night and not know what to do about it. We're giving you uh, an outlet to be effective. Yeah, we get that angry, stagnant energy is not a good thing right now, and we see a lot of that because people are just sitting back and watching and wondering what the heck can we actually do about it. And you guys do a great job. And we, I mean, just conservatives in general, I mean, are better at grassroots campaigning. When we see Democrats campaign. They run some ads. They have their top-down 
marching orders from the DNC at the federal level, and we we saw the Democrats begin to crumble. Obama did not invest at their statewide Democrat parties across the nation, and we're seeing that happen. They have no leaders of the future. You guys and, and so many conservatives across the nation were making that happen to look down the road for the long-term goals, which Republicans have been horrible at for a long time, haven't we? No, that's exactly right. But, it, you know, and absolutely, under President Obama, they got decimated down ballot. The same thing, frankly, for any good things that he did, the same thing happened to Republicans uh, to some extent under President Trump, right? The down ballot effects in certain parts of the country were pretty damaging when President Trump was on the ballot. But rebuilding that, taking back that ground is going to take hard work. The one, th- one thing I think I might challenge what you said is, um, is the, the grassroots organizing on the progressive left has always been something outside of the Democratic Party that they've done quite well, right? All these social issue groups, environmental groups, the labor unions, obviously, that are forcing people to pay union dues and spending it on politics and grassroots organizing. All of that stuff has been a strong suit, I would say, of the progressive left for a long time. We are the only vehicle, the most effective vehicle for conservatives to kind of strike back at that and have our own conservative grassroots organizing. And as you mentioned, we kind of seesawed the last few years. It's more important now than ever as we head into next year. And that's why we have this massive campaign to reignite the American dream, the Prosperity is Possible campaign, educating people about the economy that we've talked about. Uh, And then our partner organization, our sister organization, America's Prosperity Action, uh, which just endorsed Mickey Haley in the presidential election, will be doing so as well throughout next year. Yeah, there's a lot of work to be done, and you guys are rocking it on all fronts, and we appreciate everything that you're doing because you're right. That's why I make I, I poke fun a little bit at the Libertarian Party, although I have a Libertarian flavors uh, myself as well, ideologically. They're so disorganized and not structured that they can't do anything productive, and we don't want Republicans to do that same thing. That's what you guys are doing right now with what you're working on, trying to organize, trying to do that grassroots, and trying to counter what these progressives are doing. It's Kosh Shogali. He is the Vice President of Americans for Prosperity. Prosperityispossible.com. Go and check out that website. Also, americansforprosperity.org. Akash, I love working with you guys. It's such an honor to chat with you, my friend. Thank you so much. we got to get you back on the show again soon. Appreciate it. Thanks. Hey, absolutely. There it is. It's Akash Shogali, Vice President, Americans for Prosperity. Check him out, americansforprosperity.org, and prosperityispossible.com. Great stuff. We're out of time, my friends. Holy cow, the time flies right on by. We have so much more to talk about. I guess we'll do it tomorrow on a Friday. Until then, be your own voice of reason. Be that catalyst for change. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. You know, when I get off the air every day, the battle for me against limited government censorship and even unfactual content is far from over. That's why now I'm so happy to say that the Hoosier Media Network is giving you more opportunity to catch the voice of reason along with other great shows and podcasts. It's been a long time in the works, and now you can finally enjoy more great content, services, and topical shows. We're the safe space for alternative talk, information, and ideas that the mainstream media absolutely hates. From holistic and alternative medicine, discussions on religion and spirituality hear entertainment shows and of course yours truly with the voice of reason plus we offer numerous media services including helping you set up your own podcast become your own voice of reason and bring your expertise to any fun issue or topic for information on all of our shows links to podcasts each show website or social media link or to find out about everything we do to challenge the mainstream establishment visit our website at hoosiermedia.com again that's hoosiermedia.com the future of media